feel safe here. Thanks to Lando Calrissian. Welcome to Cloud City. From Kenner's Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection, action figures R2-D2, new Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia, each sold separately. And here's action figures Boba Fett, Darth Vader, and new IG-88. They can't escape us. I'll get the bounty. No, boss, I will. You've got your mission, man. Now move out. IG-88, boss, Lando Calrissian, and other action figures each sold separately. From Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection, new from Kenner. Here we go. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. I'm gonna kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. This <laughs> does put a smile on my face. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. You are on the Sith list. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 96 of the Sith list. I'm your host, Araj Dolmachahi, and my my co-pilots for this evening's podcast adventure, the young, the restless, the bearded one, Carlos Buarguel. The man we call the whole, the man that wish he could wear a cape, but we talked about it last week. He can't. His shoulders are too big. Maybe because he carries us every podcast. Uh, I don't think so. His name is Les is more Gonzalez, the man that I call a friend off air. Because on the air, we kind of bicker at each other, but it's really just for fun. The man whose golden locks makes me tingle inside. Eric is the coolest dude ever. Struthers. Eric, how are, how's your eyeballs doing, Eric? Dude, they're great. They are fantastic. No I mean, more. I'm still blind, but th- that has nothing to do with that. Okay, I can, no, no more pus, no more redness. Correct. No more eye drops. No more eye drops. Great. Um, that's fantastic. How about you guys? Les, how are you doing? I'm good. Not Hanging tired? Not not today. Oh, good. You had like in and out today? I did. Haas Burkhart pumped him up to get some in and out. As we record on this Wednesday for your pleasure on Sunday. On this fine evening on Wednesday night. <laughs> yes. Mr. Haas Burkhart, Blue Harvest Pod, tweeted that he enjoyed the recommendation from In-N-Out out here in California, which is our burger, I think our burger of choice, am I right? Absolutely. That's right. Yes, Absolutely. Other it places have invaded, so and, have invaded and tried to copy or surpass. I heard that's what a hamburger's all about. It is what that's a hamburger's all about, and I had to do it, so yeah. How about you, Boo? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm very good. How's life? Life is great. Everything, everything a okay. Everything is a okay. It's getting, it's getting hotter, so I like that. So it's good. You like it getting hotter? Oh yeah. Okay. You notice we never ask Araj how he is. Oh, that's okay. It's, that's right. <laughs> I'm doing. Because really he's great. Guys. His Han Solo voice is awesome. Yeah. Uh huh. That's right, Alden. Okay, let's give out the shenanigans like we always do each week. Hopefully, I don't mess them up. We are proud members of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Podcasts like now this is podcasting, Rogue One, 
a Star Wars podcast for winners, Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, First Order Transmissions, Idiot's Array, Tarkin Stop Shelf, Podcast 287, The Cargo Hold, and Fingered with Randy and Jason. Check all those out. For any Star Wars news, make sure you go on MakingStarWars.net. They got up-to-the-minute Star Wars information. You can catch us on Twitter. I'm at the Sithless Boo. At the Sithless Boo. Crunch Crunch. At Less Is More 78. And the great Eric Struthers. Where can they find you on Twitter? At Eric Struthers. We're on Instagram, the Sithless. Facebook page is the Sithless. Email the Sithless at gmail.com. And we have a hotline, the Sithless Hotmail. Hotmail. The Sithless Hotline, 707-65-GEEK1. That's 707-654-3351. You can leave a message and tell us how lovely we are. Or how shitty we are. <laughs> we have stuff on Public, And please, people, please, 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 with sugar on top, leave some iTunes reviews. They're really important. We really appreciate it. All right. Now we can get into some stuff. Let's do it. All right. We're going to start off with some box office. And, of course, where we're at right now on a Wednesday night, Solo was number one again with $29 million. Not as much as they were expecting once again. Deadpool 2 brought in $23 million. So last week's theories that we had with Dom. By the way, thank you, Dom, for coming on. It was a great episode. It was a pleasure to edit it, and people really loved it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for dropping some Star Wars knowledge on us. And But we were talking about the reasons why this, this thing has been struggling, and there's all kinds of different reasons, and we're going to get into some of them uh, a little bit later. But people are still going to see Deadpool. I mean, Deadpool made $23 million on the third week. So sandwiching between Deadpool and Infinity Wars really affected this thing. Yep. Also, other reasons, but uh, that's where we're at. Let's get into a little bit of Star Wars stuff because let's talk about what, you know, we had our theories of Memorial Day and stuff like that and the reasons why it did so bad and the marketing was so bad. Disney executives have come out and said the marketing sucked. They admitted it. The marketing obviously is a big problem. The There doesn't seem to be a lot of negative reviews of the film. Honestly, I mean, you've got your naysayers, your your standard issue now, Disney, Star Wars naysayers. But overall, people seem to like the movie or, or let me rephrase that. They don't hate it. I've heard some guys who are like, Meh, yeah, which isn't bad or good, but th- that's not the kind of response that it generates going to see it 10 times. But. For the most part, everybody likes it. So the movie performing poorly isn't a reflection of the merits of the movie. I think we said that last week. Yeah. But one of the things is there's just, there's this contingent of fandom and it started, well, honestly, it started when Disney acquired Lucasfilm and it sort of got moving a little better when The Force Awakens came out. And it sort of moved a little bit more when Rogue One came out. And it really got going down the slope pretty fast when The Last Jedi came out. And now here we are just a few short months later, and people are still adding Ryan Johnson on Twitter about how much he sucks and about how much he's ruined Star Wars and all these things. And that attitude has jumped on to Solo as well. and. The unfortunate reality is that the big news in Star Wars right now, at least as far as like our circle is concerned, is the uproar that the fandom is in. Yeah. That's the big news. And that sucks. It's unfortunate. Because we've got great film in the theater that's 
hasn't quite been there three weeks yet. Well, by the time you hear this, it will have been. But the big news is that everybody, there's this whole, for lack of a better word, rampage going on in the background. And it's, it's multifaceted. Okay. But kind of the big picture, if we want to just go ahead and dive straight into this. Let's do it. Is okay. And we can name names here. Okay. Don't, don't hold back. So all of this started out a lot of content creators and the actors and actresses in the Star Wars films have been getting a lot of heat, a lot of crap. I mean, and some of the worst stuff just thrown at them. You, you know, just some bright shining examples where we talked about this. Ryan Johnson replies to a tweet regarding somebody's family member passing away. And somebody replies to Ryan Johnson to tell him what a piece of shit The Last Jedi was and that he's ruined Star Wars forever. That's what we're dealing with. Kathleen Kennedy's birthday just occurred recently. And it was the ugliest. Look it up on Instagram. I saw I saw some yeah, it was awful, man. Someone was like, She should be hanged. I, I saw yeah. something like that and Jesus. I'm like, Are you kidding me, dude? Like in, in here's here's the deal, man. So, okay. There was I saw one particular tweet that was uh something like if I was in a room with Stalin and Hitler and Kathleen Kennedy and only had two bullets, I would shoot Kathleen Kennedy twice. Oh now listen. Ha ha ha. I know that you're going for shock value here, but think about the reality of what you're saying and where this all leads is, okay. So as of, I think it was yesterday, actress Kelly Marie Tran, who played Rose in The Last Jedi, deleted all of her posts on Instagram because of just the vileness of what she was getting around the clock from, you know, misogynistic, racist, and then also just you you suck in Star Wars, okay? That would be one thing, but it's all the other stuff, the racism. that It's unfathomable that people can act that way, and it leads you to think about, like, what Jake Lloyd went through yeah, when, right. he, when he played young Anakin. And I think what people forget Remember when this isn't about Star Wars, but remember the girl Rebecca Black? She had that Friday pop song. It was yeah, yeah. And people just Dude. annihilated her. Yeah, what people forget is that is a person with feelings. At the end of that, by the way, that was a child. That yeah, was, that was that was a teenager. That is a real person with feelings. At the end of that, Jake Lloyd, little boy little boy who did exactly what was asked of him and what he had to put up with no person should ever have to. I mean, it's just thankfully that social media isn't what the internet wasn't what it is today. Oh my God. When all that went down. Oh my, you know what we're looking at right now, Chuck Wendig, who is the author of the aftermath trilogy. Now, admittedly, he's, got a reputation for being well quite frankly a dick bag okay yeah. he does and he does yeah and and he, he there was this whole deal where these people had designed this t-shirt that it i don't think it's up there anymore so i can't even i can't even tell you to go look at it but it he had negative things to say about it because it was 
painting him out to be this piece of shit. And so he lashes out and he writes this post about got stuck in this conversation or got stuck in this. I can't remember what word he used, but with some shitty Star Wars yeah, fans. Yeah, shitty Star Wars fans is what the controversy mm-hmm. started with. Okay, and so that gets turned over to, well, he means that all Star Wars fans are shitty. No, that's not what he means. What he means is that this these people directly that he's dealing with are shitty. And here comes kind of what lit this whole bag of crap on fire. There's a podcast. Now, I'm going to preface what I'm saying, going to say next with this. My This is not specifically about this other podcast. Okay, this is this just happens to be the example of the big problem that we're talking about here. Okay, but they're going to be featured prominently in this because they keep sticking themselves in the middle of it. And by they, I mean Jimmy Mack from Rebel Force Radio. That's who we're talking about. AKA Dad right. Jeans, if you don't know who he is. Yes. He basically starts this thing about how no content creator should ever speak out against any sort of a abuse they get online and i i was gonna dig through and find one of the tweets but i i'll be honest with you man emotionally i'm so exhausted by all this yeah by dude it's like wading through the vileness of it 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 kind of shakes up your faith in humanity and this isn't just a star wars thing okay it's it's every subject yeah it's yeah you name it every aspect of life you get these yeah every fandom every aspect of life but but it was he even he even said they should never retaliate no matter how bad the attacks on them are okay so you're you're admitting that they're being attacked and you're basically saying that there's no limit to what they should be expected to put up with okay yeah because they're paying customers by the way that, that, that right because the customers well. customers are always right yeah the customers always right and I don't know, we sort of talked about this with a lady, <laughs> the lady who went into the Tim Hortons and took a crap on the floor. We, did we talk about that? She was a customer and I'm just going to go out on the limb and say she was wrong. But anyhow, so the, the whole, this lit this whole thing on fire. Okay. And one of the other things that they, and again, it's Jimmy Mac. That's who runs the Rebel Force Radio. Twitter account had to say was that essentially if it wasn't for basically the OG Star Wars fans like himself keeping this franchise alive, there would have never been any Star Wars for people nowadays. And of course that lights up the whole thing about it. So I guess you think you speak for me and blah, 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 blah. And I think what we're stuck with here is just Look at some of the comments on this. Here's the the type of things you're going to see. There's one in particular that, and I was talking to Raj about this earlier today, and the 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 posters were basically demanding that you shall stop making these movies and you will do this, and I demand this and this and this, and this was like somehow directed at Kathleen Kennedy, even though it was a response to a tweet that. Yeah, it was not hers. Yeah. And 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 it but it just goes on and on and you look and there's just more of it and more of it and more of it and more of it. And so it somehow Rebel Force Radio has decided to go ahead and double down and they're contacting Lucasfilm about 
this terrible action of Chuck Wendig's and you need to shut this down and at, because, you know, plainly they speak for all of us. And it, right. the whole thing is it, it's it's a shit storm. Uh, so what's your take on this, Arad? It always seems like, and I'm sure we have listeners that you, that listen to Rebel Force Radio. They just seem like they're entitled to things. For people to not call people out, it, this, this doesn't make sense. And, and for someone like uh, Kelly Marie Tran to be so excited that she gets picked up to be in the next Star Wars film, we were, Boo, Boo and I and you were there. We saw her at Celebration, how bubbly she was, and how mm-hmm. excited she was. And, how enthusiastic. I mean, she was the cutest thing in the world and she was because, because she was so stoked to be in a Star Wars film. And then now, a year later, to be so upset that she wants to get off social media completely because people are just talking about her, her Asian descent, her being a female, her, her, their body shaming her. It, it, it is the most vile thing I've ever heard. It, it's crazy. And these aren't real Star Wars fans because to be upset that somebody is Asian or a woman or a, a different body type, people that are fans, I think, forget that the people that made this whole saga are pretty open-minded people. So I don't know what they're holding on to. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I I think you're right. And that's what's... <sighs> it just pisses me it, off, man. I, it I, does I, me too, man. And I'm trying to like talk intelligently and not just go on a tear because yeah, I, know. I, I, mean, that's what I, I yeah i was I, yeah i ended up losing my shit the other day in a conversation about this and it, <laughs> i i said things that i don't know i feel like my message got diluted by just how mad i was but i'll give you an example okay so in this thread with with this rebel force radio thing of how they're going to contact Lucasfilm and they've already reached out to him and blah 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 oh my god this so it's layers and layers and layers deep okay but there was oh, this blog that was offered as proof that Lucasfilm has treated the fans shitty okay and at first I thought they meant like like this thing with Chuck Wendig but no they just meant in general and they're they they postulate that Lucasfilm essentially hates the fan. Because, you know, that makes perfect sense when you're taking over a franchise and you you want the people who have spent money on it before to spend money. What you do is you treat them like shit. And But they give you all these scenarios that show that Lucasfilm is disrespectful to the fans. And some of them include things like the... the they actually use the word fake controversy about the whole black stormtrooper thing. Okay. And I can tell you personally, and I, I had a big, a big long thread about this on Twitter. So I apologize if you're like, Oh, not this again from Struthers. But I can tell you personally, I live in the Midwest. All right. I live in St. Louis. You, you remember seeing Ferguson on the news, I'm sure. Absolutely. The racism is a real thing. And I can tell you that I personally had people complaining that there was a black person in Star Wars as a stormtrooper, not because of and that this was this blog's entire argument was that 
people were only asking because it had been in canon that stormtroopers were clones just like the clone troopers were. So how can we have a black guy when Django fat, blah, blah, blah. I can tell you right now that I've had people complain to me that there's a black guy in Star Wars because Disney's trying to cram their social justice warrior crap down our throats. Oh, that's that's a big that argument. A that, that's a big argument that these guys all say. I mean, that's right. a big point they make. And And so to act like and to go on about this fake controversy. And and they that that was the term they used several times and they had all these articles these these c- citations from articles to prove it but one of the very things said and some people responded with racist remarks which was what the whole problem was to begin with. So one of the big things in this was their treatment of the EU, okay? And how it was removed from canon or decided that it wasn't going to be canon and basically to not pigeonhole them from a storytelling standpoint. Okay. And the gist of it is this, what they should have done because Chewbacca gets killed in the EU. It's ridiculous. And I don't recommend you go back and start reading all those books by a planet, right? A moon. Yeah. Yeah, And it's, it smashes him. But the <laughs> there's a lot of not great stuff, but the yeah. thing is, there it wasn't a, it wasn't a cohesive storytelling, okay? No, no. And so Lucasfilm makes a decision that they're not going to be pigeonholed by that, so that they can tell stories, the stories that they feel like they want to tell, okay? Now, let me just say this: from a business standpoint, it makes total sense that they want to introduce new people to this franchise as fans to make it sustainable, okay? The notion that it needs to appeal directly to the people who love Star Wars in 1977, of which I'm one of them, okay? If I become the key target audience for Star Wars, right? I'm old, man, okay? Best case scenario, I mean, best case scenario, I'll be alive another hundred years. But <laughs> but realistically, if you're talking about people who were 20 when Star Wars came out, you know, they're 60 now. OK, it, what age range are you talking about? That's your target, right? The target for Star Wars was that it was for, according to George Lucas, for 12 year old, right? For 10-year-olds. That's who Star Wars is for. It also happened to appeal to the larger demographic. That is something that hasn't been lost in this transition. Okay? And here's the reality of the situation. The world's a different place. Women are in a different place in society. People of color are in a different place in society. And Disney, they're not, let's be real. Let's be real. Let's say they really are the corporate devil. They're not just doing this to be inclusive. They're not just doing this because they're social justice warriors. They're doing it in part because they want everybody to like this so they can have their money. If you want to just call call them dirty bastards, why don't you use that as your argument? You're just trying to get this to appeal to everyone so they'll spend money on it. Oh, my God. God forbid that they want to make the dollar. 
That's called did you know? smart business. Yeah. Did you know that people start businesses to make money? Did you know that? <laughs> it's the it's the damnedest thing. The damnedest thing. But but anyway. So let me just here's here's a comparison that I made. Okay. And you can take it or leave it. But this is how I view this situation. And I'm going to use this whole thing with the EU being put over here so that the the can the canonical timeline wouldn't necessarily include everything from it. One of the arguments that they used was that rather than dismiss it entirely, they could have basically used a scalpel on it and only taken out the parts that they didn't want to. Which, if you think about it, done is that. exactly what they've done. They've done that. They just said, we're not going to adhere to this, but they've used tons of EU stuff in the new canon. Han Solo's origin story. They didn't have to use any of that, but they did. Sure did. But here's the deal. Okay. Th- how about and Thrawn, for God's sakes? One of the greatest, yeah. the biggest characters in the history of the EU was brought to animated and to comic books and to books again. Yep. So, okay. So here's, here's the parallel. And this is the comparison I made and you can take it or leave it. Okay. And this was in this big spiel I, I had on Twitter. I grew up and was way into Metallica. They were my favorite band. And then as time went on, they sort of changed their direction. And they had different producers come in and work on their albums. And they started to appeal to a lot wider group of people. I wasn't as hip to the music they were making. And a lot of the quote-unquote original fans, I guess I don't need quote-unquote, a lot of the original fans (laughs) felt the same way. Okay. But you know what I didn't do was... start putting down everybody who liked the new stuff. I didn't write the band and their management and their producers and demand that they throw all that out and that they owed me something better, something more to my liking. Okay. Didn't do any of that. And, but here's the craziest part. The albums of theirs that I liked, I still had them and I could still listen to them anytime I wanted and just enjoy them and enjoy them. They didn't disappear off the face of the earth once they started doing something different. Exactly. That's a great analogy. It's the same thing. It's exactly stories that these people love are still there. And here's the crazy part. And this doesn't necessarily mean that if you were enlightened, here's what would happen to you. But after a while, I came around to the stuff they were doing some of it because I could see through their eyes why it was important to them and I gave it a chance for what it was I gave it for what it for what it really was as opposed to my notions of what they should have been doing you know yeah but yeah, you you, gosh, res- excuse me. you respect their talent you respect their artistry you respect what they're trying to do and the entire time I still considered myself a fan yeah I'm still a huge because- Metallica fan I haven't I physically bought an album since Reload, uh, I and I obviously love the stuff before that, but I'm still a fan. I was a massive Rush fan. Then they started using synthesizers way too much and elect- electronic drums or whatever. I wasn't a huge fan of that, but I would go see them every year, and I'd still listen to it, and I'd still 
give him a shot and I wouldn't talk shit on them. I wasn't going to write Neil Pert a letter saying, Neil, what are you doing? Is, is that <laughs> almost like the, uh, I remember in high school when Smashing Pumpkins started evolving and changing Yeah, they their did music a concept and, album. They did Simon yeah, and Street. Yeah, and everybody's like, what the fuck, the, uh, Melancholy. Okay, well, you can make a, a slow song, dude. Get back to that other crap. I'm like, dude, you got, they're artists. This is what they do. They're going to expand and evolve and change. We don't, like Barack Obama said to Mitt Romney, we don't use horses and bayonets anymore. You know what I mean? Like, things yeah, are just sure progressing don't. and moving forward and changing. So why wouldn't there be a black stormtrooper? It's an intergalactic There's empire. There's fucking green dude. and yellow That's fucking people. Right. God damn, Okay, man. here's the deal. Here's the deal. Ugh. If you don't like it, then stop watching it. If you don't like it and you want to write a letter, I have no problem. Rebel Force Radio, Jimmy Mack, write your fucking letters. Write them till the fucking sun comes fucking down. I don't give a shit. But at the end of that letter, I want you to write this. I want you to write, this will be the last podcast we do about Star Wars because yes. we don't agree with you. Don't sit there and write them a letter and then end up going to celebration and then profiting because they get sponsors. Don't start profiting on them because you talk about them every week. Don't be a hypocrite. If you have the balls to come out and talk shit like you do, fucking stop talking about them. Do a Harry Potter fucking podcast then. All right? Or just well, here, or just do fucking legend stuff if that's what you really want to do, Jimmy Mac. Here's here's I'm sorry, the thing, I got a little man. heat there, Eric. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. Man. You're fine. Dad, you you're fine. It, it, this, this is one of those things. I don't own Star Wars. All right? And the fact that I'm a fan doesn't mean that I get to dictate what they do. And if Star Wars, if, if Lucasfilm didn't make another movie that I liked, that would be okay. Right. Because here's the deal, man. It's not about me. It's about their vision for it. it they, Star Wars doesn't owe me anything. They don't owe me anything. The transaction works like this. They make the movies they feel like they, their vision is telling them to make. And I watch it and either like it or don't. The end. That is the end. So everything that they've given me till up until now is enough, no matter what. It's more than I ever thought I could get out of a movie franchise. It's, it's the fact that my life revolves around it the way it does now is pretty crazy, you know, but they don't have to bend my will. I'm just there for the ride. They're not making it just for me. There are millions of other people watching these movies and liking them. And at some point, they're probably going to transition to something that I'm not that into. But that's how it goes. And that's okay. And I don't understand the mentality that says this thing that I like owes me big time. The, the, that see, is, the, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Struthers. Uh, see, the thing I don't get is the the idea of the ego. Nobody right. gives a shit. My God, the fact that you say that this franchise or this thing that exists or whatever owes you or should bend to your will or to change. Holy shit! You know that's, that's terrifying it is to, to me. Act like you're so important, you have to write him a fucking letter. My, Who yeah, the like, fuck are you guys exactly. to write Kathleen Kennedy? A fucking tweet. 
like she cares like she gives a shit yeah she's 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 making moves and and shaping hollywood you know with every every step that she takes and your small podcast doesn't matter to her and the idea that you think it does is scary i'm just like wow that's that's terrifying the idea of them trying to be the voice of the old guard it's just it's just the funniest thing in the world to me. Like, who else would you want? The in keepers that position? of the canon is who, is that going to be their keepers thing? of the canon? Right. Uh, we are the keepers, keepers of the canon. But but I, <laughs> I want to ask them. Other than Kathleen Kennedy, who the fuck do you want to run the company? Just go on her IMDb and just read the first fucking the first ten movies that you see. Who? What other studio do you want to handle this? Mm-hmm. You want Warner Brothers to handle this because they've done a great job with DC. <laughs> you want Sony to handle this? They just fucking threw Spider-Man back to Marvel. Who do you want to handle this? Who can you trust? And to me, there's no one else other than Kathleen Kennedy and the Lucasfilm guard that I trust more because they're doing it. And uh, some of the movies have been polarizing, but that's okay. Like Eric said, things are evolving. Things are changing. If you don't like it, then don't fucking watch it. Go watch Maze Runner. When it comes to a point where I don't like Star Wars and it doesn't make me happy, then I'll probably stop watching it. That'll probably never happen. But, yeah, let's be real here. Yeah, but it's okay. You guys don't need to make this a political situation where you're going to write a letter and we're going to stand strong against this new liberal studio Lucasfilm because all they're doing is trying to shove down you know, the left wing uh, fucking values. The word is agenda, right? Agenda. Always, Thank all you. these agendas. Yes. The, the black agenda, the gay yeah. agenda, the Asian agenda. Like, no. I mean, last time I checked people, there's a ton of black people that live in this country. There's a ton of LGBTQ that also love Star Wars. We all love this whole galaxy of geekdom, this comic books, Star Wars, the Potterverse, all kinds of stuff. We enjoy every inch of it and we're not going to cry, oh no, no, that's not my Dragon Ball Z. Dude, I'm going to watch it, man. If Goku's throwing blue Kamehameha waves and he usually throws yellow ones, I don't give a rip, dude. I'm glad they gave me something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to trip uh, on that. And a lot of people are tripping on little things like that. Just because I can't stand Power Rangers doesn't mean Boo can't enjoy it. And exactly. you know what? And a lot of times we... wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we sit here and disagree about stuff. But you know what? It In the end, everybody here likes their slice of the pie. We're just not going to attack people and make them cower away and alter their life. Like it's bad enough that the creators are in a position where they're that they're in. You know what I'm saying? Like they're already there. They have they're in charge of something that millions of people, if not hundreds of thousands of people, pay to see. These stories they put out there, people love them and people hate them. It's just they already have enough stress to create the shit, to be able to put it out there in the first place. Now they got to get all this other crap where people are, you know, writing death threats and, you know, like like you said about Jake Lloyd, he was ten years old, man. And yeah, people, it's not a coincidence that he. No, and look gone, at him now. Gone, yeah. yeah, look at the dude now. He is not good, man. You know, and and there's people who still make fun of that crap. People be like, "That's right, dude." You know, it's like, come on, like, like I said before, like if you're that mean and mean spirited and that evil of a person to say things like what Eric was saying earlier that he read. You're not a fan. You're just you're just a, a, a coward, dick. a piece of shit that wants to go out and start shit. And and you're, it's really really uh, tough to sit behind a keyboard 
or a phone and run your mouth on someone you have no idea what they're going through. Like I said before, there's shitty people in all aspects of the world. What we have to do as a community, as a fandom, is just ignore their bullshit. You know, we've talked, the last two days have been nothing but yeah, man. talking about this. We give them a platform. Like, Rebel, Let me just tell you, Rebel Force Radio has been on 90% of the tweets that yes. I've read over the last two days. Yeah. One way or the other, people are talking about them. And I do want to come back and say, this isn't specifically about them. Oh, yeah, it is. They're just I'm just kidding. The, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. They, they just happen to be a prime example in this. But it's the problem. We're not saying, hey, there's a problem with Rebel Force Radio and they suck. We're saying there's a huge problem. Also, Rebel Force Radio is involved in this. Okay. It's I guess my thing is is I don't understand even for a second, the idea that Star Wars shouldn't appeal to everyone. I don't, that just blows my mind. I can't imagine, I love things and I, I want other people to experience them and like them too. Okay. And the, the, the sense of narcissism that goes along with this, <laughs> it's really hard to fathom. It's really, really tough. It is. And, <laughs> this is crazy, man. I, I, I guess that here's a deal. If you, <laughs> I'm, trying to think about, I'm sorry, no, uh, I'm sorry, because I, I'm, I'm, it's hysterical. I'm sorry to cut you off, Eric. It is hysterical. The narcissism that is a perfect word, man. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, let me just, I'll just give you a real quick example, man. I work at a church, okay, and and I get it. If you, if church isn't your thing, totally get it. Totally understand. Um, we get a lot of people in there who are like worried about being in there and they feel like, oh man, everybody's looking at me. That's just such a weird form of narcissism because honestly, they're not. You know what I mean? It's when you're in a situation where you feel like, oh, everybody's noticing everything I do. Now they're probably not. You're just in this weird narcissistic point where you assume everybody's aware of you, you know, but yeah. <laughs> If Star Wars decided to, we're going to hone in and we're going to go back to only appealing to this demographic, it's not sustainable. If you if you want to say you like Star Wars at all and you want it to be around, well, here's what they need to do. If if you want to just be down and dirty, but the big picture is why shouldn't everybody be able to like this? What what's wrong with women? What's wrong with this and this and this? I I don't know if you know this. I think women are awesome and having them in Star Wars is a, a, is a cool plus for me and having it something that I grew up loving, appealing even more strongly to my kids. Dude, I love that. I love it. And I I don't understand what's not to like. And if you're really that up your own ass and let's face it, that's the uh, that's the the way to put it. If you're that up your own ass that you feel like your wants should dictate the moves of, of an entire franchise, then I really don't know how to have that conversation. And these are things that you can't get involved in and getting sucked into them online is is not going to help you it's, or us. I, I, that's the you I'm talking about. Because you're not, these are unwinnable arguments. Exactly. That's exactly these are right. Unswayable attitudes. 
And again, I come back to the fact, the point that this is a bigger problem. This is a, this is a mindset that is a lack of empathy and respect for other people. That's where it, where it, what it revolves around. And the fact that we can end up chasing somebody off of social media because they were in a film that you didn't like. Holy crap. Think about that. Just think, just take Star Wars out of the equation. Pick any other thing and insert what happened to this person related to something else. You'd think that's ridiculous and unacceptable. But somehow, because it's part of a movie or whatever, you'll give it a pass. And that's, that's shit, man. It's the worst of the worst. I hope Kelly Mary Tran comes back on. The outpour of love and support that she's been getting over the last two days has definitely outshined the negativity and the shittiness that was there for the last year. But hopefully she understands that and sees that. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty bad for over the last year. I mean, people have been just run their mouths and talk shit. And, I'm, and it's okay if you didn't like her in the film. And it's okay if you didn't like her character and the way she acted. That's your deal. But you don't need to go out and vilify someone because of it in social media and make them hurt so much where they're like, oh, I'm completely done with this. Even though she just got that job and that, and she got that role and she's probably so excited to be on social media. <sighs> and by the way, I think she's cute as hell. I think she's Oh, me too. Yeah, man. I think she's me awesome. Too. She's precious. Yeah, she is. She's awesome. Now, one thing that I really have a hard time understanding is that if if there was something that I didn't dig. I wouldn't keep following it on social media. Six months later, still be responding to everything they do, telling them how crappy it is. At some point for my own mental health, I would just let it go and walk away. And, you know, that's after this <laughs> this week or so is up, man. That's what I'm going to try to do with all of this is to stop getting engaged in it, stop acknowledging it from a point where it, it is allowed to affect my life. So I'm going to tell you something. It took me a long time to get to the point in my life where I focus on positive things and, and decide that I am the only one that can define my attitude and my happiness. And that sounds really dumb. And it's like, oh, here we go. It's a no, rainbows no. and ponies and all that. But here's the reality. <clears throat> you are responsible for how you feel. And I realize there are factors that may make that seem not true. But if you spend all of your time dwelling on negativity and things that you hate and that your focus is calling out the things you hate, you're going to revolve around being angry. That's going to be what you do. That, that's and that is your no thing. way to live. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. going to be your thing that's, for the rest of your life. That's no way to live, man. It's not. And I spent a huge portion of my life being angry and being the police of the world and by God this and blah, blah, that and me. And I, it, it was a very miserable place to be. Very miserable place You're to be. You're correct, sir. You're correct. Well, I think we covered that situation a little bit there. 
And again, guys, we're not trying to tell you guys what to do or anything. We're just talking about how we feel about this situation. And we hope that things just get better. I mean, again, Eric said, that's all we've been talking about for the last two days. Solo's out. Solo's, I mean, it's been a, it's been a fun ride. It's a, it's, in my opinion, a great movie. We're going to get, we can talk to Lorena about it in a second. We're going to do Minutes with the Misses and get her thoughts about it. But it's being, overshadowed by this dark cloud of just like negativity and weirdness. If I can give people any advice at all, make a conscious decision to let go of being mad. That is the best advice I could ever give somebody. And I don't mean just walk around being blindly stupid, happy in where there is none, but let go of things that you can let go of that make you mad. And decide that you're going to be happy. It's, it is such a better place to live. It really is. I'm just, yeah, I, I learned that lesson a while ago. Uh, I, I must say I was very, very upset as a fan of like comic movies and certain things they did and didn't do. And once I figured out like I'm not the one in the chair. You know, right. I, it's not. Les would go to movies and he would not enjoy them. I would mm -hmm. be very upset, you know. Uh, and like you said, you know, I had to learn. I can only control what I can control. I just got to let things go down. If I don't like it, I don't like it. Like if, and that's it. I just move on. It's going to go on no matter what. Sun's going to rise and set. And guess what? It doesn't stop for anybody. All right. A quick email from our boy Rob Casaba who sent over an email regarding Solo and some other crazy stuff that's been going on this last week. This is what Rob had to say. I enjoyed, I'm sorry, one, two, and three. Hey, Sith List. I enjoyed the Solo breakdown last week and on board with most of your comments regarding the box office numbers and critiques of the film. Thanks, Rob. I saw it on Monday on Memorial Day at 9.45 a.m. The theater was 90% full and the audience was really enthusiastic. Great. Seems like Disney guys messed up with the May release date. I agree. Myself, I give it a 7.5 out of 10. On another note, I came across a great article regarding the treatment of Kelly Marie Tran. And by the way, this was an article that Rob sent with his email. He tagged it, and it was an MSN.com article about the persecution of Kelly Marie Tran and the trolls that are overrunning fandom and by alt-right wingers, pretty much. He goes on to say, I get that people are passionate about Star Wars and there are legit criticisms in terms of saturation, acting, storylines, etc. But when, it, when did it become a centerpiece for the cultural war? Very good question, Rob. I do not know. I think you know what it is, Rob. I think what it is is that Star Wars has such a massive fan base that these alt-right idiots step in and try to get at least some percentage to agree with them. And I don't think it's working to an extent, but it is becoming a problem where actors and actresses can't stay on social media because of them. It's just, uh, it's just like we said before, it's just this is ridiculous. On another note, he goes on to say, despite my Japanese heritage, I do not want any part of Shogun World. And he's referring to Westworld, I believe. Rob, I appreciate that you are watching Westworld, and I am so sorry that I'm not up to date with it. It's been a crazy couple months. I promise you, I will be getting up to date and I'm going to binge watch it. And that is from Rob Kazaba. He says, later, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thank you for the email. 
Thank you for the link. It was a great read. And again, people, if you want to go on msn.com and search, just put Kelly Marie Tran. You'll, you'll see an article up that I believe it's called The Persecution of Kelly Marie Tran. All right. Well, let's, let's move on to some positive vibes. Let's, we're we're going to bring in Lorena, and we're going to do our segment that we haven't done in a long time, Minutes with the Misses. And I, I promise we're going to be positive for the rest of this podcast. It's time for Minutes with the Misses, starring your favorite Misses, Lorena Arguello Dolachahi. All right. It is time for Minutes with the Misses, solo edition. We have my wife, the great Lorena Arguello Dolachahi, here with us in studio. And we brought her in here because we want to talk to her about solo. Now, she's seen it twice. She actually went the second time with me. And, um, and she has opinions about the film. And I think Eric is going to do his Star Wars reporting. And he's going to talk to you, Lorena. First of all, how, how are you? You haven't been on the Sith list in a long time. Hi, guys. Long time no talk. Long time no talk. <laughs> but you have been listening. Every... Uh, well, it comes out Saturday, right? But I listen Monday mornings. <laughs> comes out late Saturday, Sunday night. Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Saturday West night. Coast, Sunday East Coast. Either way, Thanks. yeah, I listen Thanks to it for Monday. That one. Appreciate it. <laughs> but yeah, I listen to it Monday mornings when I get ready, and I love it. Oh, thank you. You're not just saying that because I sleep. No, yeah, because I half the time I don't even know what you guys are <laughs> what you guys are talking about, you know. Um, but you guys are entertaining, funny, great guys to listen to. I appreciate that. Wow, thank you. What, so I know we are, but what do you think about Eric? Oh, well, that's who I'm talking about. Is Eric. Oh, uh, I, yeah, I set that up for her. I set that up for her. I set that up for her. She does love you, Eric. She does. So, I'm Eric, a big, you I'm ask a big fan. Some, yeah, she's your number one fan. Do you want to ask her some questions about Solo? Because I already know because I asked her and talked to her about it probably for the last 11 days straight. But, but I want to yes, first I, start off with, can, oh. I, can I share my little popcorn story? 95% of the reason why you know I'm what? on here. You know what? Share your story of going to the first screening and who we saw it with and the experience and then also the experience of the film. Sure, go ahead. And then Eric can ask you some questions. Okay. So right. on Wednesday, we had our little dinner party with the Star Wars crew, those that could make it. And that was really awesome and nice and just a wonderful reminder about how amazingly nice everyone is. So that's always great. Um, and then the next day, we went to watch the movie All Together. Um, and I think there must have been like 30 of us. Yeah. And it was really cool. I, um, Steel was on the, the, was next to me when really it should have been less that was sitting next to me. And that was, you know, part of the issue there. Um, but when we got there, we got inside the movie and it was less and I right away that said, like, we want popcorn. And so mm. he and I hadn't had dinner with right. you guys at Chili's, That's you know, true. that delicious, yummy place. Shout out and to so, Rusty, Chili's. <laughs> Chili's. And so, uh, so Les and I went straight to the popcorn and I said, Hey, Les, do you want to share a large popcorn? And, you know, we'll be able to refill it. And so on. he's like, yeah, great. Sounds good. So we ordered it. We, um, took it back. We had our trays, which are like these tiny, tiny little trays. And he, um, oh, I, I don't know. I ended up getting, I don't, I ended up paying for his, his soda because I was he was going to pay. For I the paid popcorn. for the popcorn. You paid for the soda. Yeah, so very equal exchange, right? <laughs> so I get into the movie theater and I see that Les is seated like eight seats down from where my seat is, which I don't know because there's like an open seat. First next and to me. foremost, and if we're sharing, why wouldn't we be seated? Voices when you're, when you're with making Star Wars fam and they give you your assigned seat, you better sit in your darn seat, Les. And that's what I had to do: sit 
where my ticket said. When Amanda Ward gives you your seat, that, you sit. I'm just seat. following the rules. Yeah, right. I'm the rookie here. I got to do what I'm supposed to do here. So I don't even know if I sat in my property. That's part one I of just my sat defense. Down next to Araj. That that's part one of my defense. So you can continue, Miss Miss Arguello, Shahi. <laughs> and so I sat down. I see Les is way down there. So he awkwardly passes this like massive bucket of popcorn over to me from like eight people away. I finally get it. I pour it into my tiny little tray. Which why Cinemark has tiny trays? I don't know. So I yeah, pour Cinemark. Yeah, awful. So I pour my popcorn into it, and then I have to pass back the rest of the full bucket over to Les. And so I never got, never got any more popcorn. I just had like maybe ten to fifteen popcorn kernels, and then I didn't have any more because I wasn't about to bother all the eight people to get more popcorn back. And I definitely realized very quickly that I wasn't going to get up and interrupt the entire theater and go and get my refill or even ask for the uh, the rest from. And that's because Solo was such a great, entertaining movie that you were enthralled in popcorn became an afterthought, right? No. Oh. No, popcorn was on my mind Listen, at if, all if times. He, if Lorena, popcorn is like the number one thing when we go to the movie. She'll go see a movie. If, she, if she's craving popcorn, she'll go see Ishtar. She doesn't give a shit of what, what the movie is and how horrible the movie oh, is. Oh, yeah. I bring my own seasoning with me in my purse. Uh, so, yeah, this I, yes. is like a legitimate <laughs> obsession. Yeah. So then no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so no big deal, right? I'm thinking, you know, at the very least, Les is going to save that empty bucket at the end of the theater and I can refill the bucket and maybe even take the popcorn home with me and I can put it into little baggies so I can have like little treats, you know, every day this week. That's what the, where this obsession is at, yes, by the way. The, that's to that extent. So the, I come the out of the theater. Meal prepping popcorn. And bucket. sure enough, I look at Les, no bucket. So I say, Les, what happened to the popcorn? And he's like, oh, I threw it away. Think you fucking threw it away? <laughs> so he acknowledged that he was wrong, but then after that started talking shit back to me. So what are your you know, thoughts, Les? Yeah, what are your thoughts, yeah. Les? Explain yourself. I distinctly remember a statement coming out of your mouth, Miss Arguello Dolashahi, Mrs. saying, I'm willing to get up and go back for more popcorn, Les. And I was like, okay, cool. Halfway through the movie, I realized you weren't getting up. There was no way you were getting up and walking across that aisle to get popcorn. But in my defense, also, there wasn't much. That that bucket was actually shallow. As full as it was when you handed it back to me. I think some disappeared on the way to me. So, Perhaps. Yeah, I didn't get much popcorn either. Uh, and you know what? I I will say that as I was dropping the bucket into the trash, I was thinking, I think they take popcorn home. I know Lorena and Carlos like popcorn that much. Yep. But it had left my greasy popcorn-soaked fingers and into the trash thing, so I couldn't reclaim it. That would have been very bad on my part to give you something out of a trash can. So I'd rather just take the heat here on air, being recorded. Eric, isn't it interesting that there's always a common denominator at a movie That's story? That's why and a I'm common bringing Are you freaking ah, kidding me? Clash, Clash there's there's okay. always a movie story with less. Yeah. Always messing I, up someone's experience. Here's the the best part about that story is the twist at the end where even though he stuck it to you, he phrases it like he did you a favor. Yeah. That that was a beauty move, man. That was good. That's what I would have said, too. Okay, Brutus. Okay. <laughs> All right, Brutus. Oh, dang it, man. It's already hot in here, man. Now you just... <laughs> okay, look, I apologize. And I, the next time popcorn is on me, 
You he get the whole bucket. He super loud. He talks oh, in the theater. Oh, and now he's You know what? I was not the loudest person in our group watching oh, the no, movie. No, 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 you weren't. There this was someone in there going, oh, ah! And I'm not going to call them out. Bootney. But anyways, um, what? Yeah, Brittany was making some goddamn noise. Oh, really? yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, but, 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 oh, you... but to Brittany's credit, to, to her defense, she was in really excited by certain scenes. Okay, so she wasn't I'm just crunchy. Really excited by Marvel comic movies, and I'm no, no, watching we don't the... mind that part. When you get excited for a movie and call, you're like, hell yeah, yeah. We get we we mind when you start crunching on shit or like messing with your ice, yeah. or like talking out okay, loud. Everyone, That's where we're. You at. hear it here first. I apologize. I am wrong. <laughs> I take 100 percent blame for all of this. Thank you, Les. I popcorn Gate is over with. And popcorn I had relations with that popcorn box. <laughs> I'm just gonna for all the sins that were ever committed on on in the, the public theater. opinion. I'm just gonna take the fall for everybody. Apologize to the mayor, but I'm gonna do it defiantly, like Denzel and Glory. Oh, spit yeah. at it, get spit the tear drop it. down my eye, dude. Oh, I'm okay what now. A scene. What a scene! Wow. That's right. Taking this like a champ. Oh, that was a good one. All right, so let's get back to solo. Okay. Popcorn, popcorn gate is done, and there's no investigation. We're not going through that. And uh, let's okay. uh, let's let's see what she thinks. Okay, so Lorena. What do you give the movie out of 10? What's your score? Ooh, I would say probably an eight and a half. Hey, that's close. Wow. Sweet. Okay. Where do you think the movie Solo falls in the timeline of the other movies? Where does it fit in the question? Well, I don't know things like that, but. All I do know is that why I really like this one is because I felt like I was at the beginning of things. So with all the movies that Araj has had me watch with Star Wars, I'm always behind. There are always things that I don't understand and he's having to explain them to me. And there's, you know, so there's just so much that's unknown for me and, you know, it's so uncertain. But with this, it's like, oh, we're all finding out for the first time where Han came from. Right. And where like the relationship with Chewie started. And so like all these really cool things, I'm here to actually be a part of something that's at the beginning. So that I really, really loved. So I'm assuming this is like the start of it. But I'm very proud of her. We were talking earlier before we started the podcast and she she like made a Lady Proxima reference. And I was like, oh, shit. Well, now that I watched it twice, it really helps kind of sink things in. Yeah, I told you. Look how that works. I know. I just don't understand why people go like six times to watch Star Wars, but... I could see the two times really helping out. Mm-hmm. So, okay, what was the most shocking moment in the film for you? Shocking moment. Probably me because there was like so many people reacting to it. But when Darth Maul came out, that was pretty exciting because I didn't expect that. And I thought that since we were at the start of things that I didn't know where Darth Maul played a role. And then I remember Raj also had me watch that uh, like cartoon TV show where he died. And so I don't really know where he plays a role in, in any of this, but that was kind well, of different and not something oh, yeah. that I was expecting. That was in Rebels, yeah. Yeah, Rebels. But in, in, and just so that you guys know, the reason I asked that particular line of questions is I've had, I guess now that I think about it, like I guess four different people tell me in casual conversation that their assumption was at uh, that the the solo movie took place before the Phantom Menace and because Maul's alive and without the people, the casual fan who've seen the movies, they're like, yeah, I saw that dude get cut in half in the Phantom Menace. 
So plainly, this is before then, which and then, you know, a couple of different people, both out of those four, both said, so somehow that makes Han Solo super old. It's like, well, I understand why you think that now. Exactly. But, but no. And that's why I was asking where you thought it fit in the timeline. If you thought that it was prior to the Phantom Menace where he gets cut in half or if you were hip to the idea that he came back from that, not dead. And it, anyway, regardless. But all pretty like, understandably f- confusing, though, right? This timeline oh. shenanigans. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the way the movies come out is confusing anyway, but mm-hmm. the whole idea of Darth Maul being alive, it's very understandable that people would think it was before The Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. I totally get why, if they don't know, that he came back in The Clone Wars and has robot legs now and robot butt and everything else in between, I guess. But Ooh, that's right. I didn't think yeah. And in general, yeah. there's just so much betrayal going on left and right, you know, throughout the movie, you know, I so. Wonder, I wonder if L3 and Maul can get it on. Hmm. Interesting. Well, if she can make it work with. Lando. Yeah, then I'm sure she can make it work with whoever. <laughs> yeah. She was awesome. uh, who was your favorite character that wasn't Han or Chewbacca? Definitely L3. Nice. Yeah, she was nice. great. Now, what did you think about her becoming part of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, I've heard like the different opinions about it. Um, And so, and I could understand, you know, all sides of it, I guess. I think it was a nice tribute because I think at the, at the end of the day, you know, it kind of keeps her alive, you know, in a part of something. And I think that's really nice. And I think that's what they were trying to accomplish. I also get that it kind of continues to, I don't know, like enslave her. Like she wanted to be free. So I understand all of that part, but I think the intent was really nice, and I'd like to stick with that sentiment. Good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was thrown off by you saying L3. Really? <laughs> I know what she's going to say. Right. What did you How think did I was going to fe- say? Um, honestly, I thought that you would probably say Lando Calrissian. Yeah, most people do. Yeah, but what oh, did yeah, you think of Donald Glover's portrayal of Lando? So, yeah, I don't remember Lando in the other films. I don't remember him in the other ones as much. And so I thought that Donald Glover was like a little too kind of like his behavior was a little too like outlandish, you know, uh, like overacted. But that doesn't seem to be the consensus. It seems like people are pretty happy with how he portrayed the character. So I guess that's good. I love Donald Glover. I think he's super talented. I think he's such a genius. So I love seeing him in anything. So I was just happy that he was in the film and I think he did a great job and I think he's super charming. And also we just binge watched the second season of Atlanta. So So we, after we binge watched Atlanta, we went and saw solo for the second time. So we saw Donald Glover in two different kinds of styles of, of acting and and character portrayal. So that might have a lot to do with it as well. Yeah. How, how did you feel about Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo? Yeah, so I, Raj at the beginning of the movie asked me whether I could see him as Han. First five minutes of the in film. In the first five minutes. And I told him that not yet. Um, because, you know, the, the only thing that I, I struggled with a little bit is that it seemed like this Han, this younger Han was too, like a little too cheesy and um, like uppity and positive. Whereas, like, when I think of of Han in terms of, um, what's his name? 
Harrison Ford? Yeah. He is more, he just kind of has this like more subtle humor and he's more quiet in the way that he talks. And so that's. He's been, he's been through a lot of shit. Yeah, no, that's true. He's gotten yeah. older, you right. know? And so, yeah, that makes sense. And so it was hard to see him as this like young, uppity, you know, kind of obnoxious, like little boy. So that was kind of hard for me to transition to that. But, you know, uh, soon after I was able to to definitely see him as Han. Yeah, I asked her at the end, so did he win you over? And you said, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I, I he loved, was great. Yeah, you said that your words were, I loved him. Yeah. Yeah, he was fantastic. So what do you think will happen next? If they were to make a sequel to this movie, what would happen? Hmm, I haven't thought about that. So Kira will be will continue to kind of um, gain more power and meet with Darth Maul and be some sort of bad... Um, person in all of this, but obviously she's going to get killed off pretty soon because she's not mentioned anywhere else in these other movies. And so she's a goner at some point. And, um, and then Han and Chewie continue to do their cool thing and being these um, like criminals in the galaxy. I don't know. Raj is making this <laughs> these funny, <laughs> funny little to me that <laughs> of this like big fat person and I don't know who he's referencing. I was doing this whole big fat thing with my cheeks all but I was referencing Java. Oh yeah, and that the yeah they're gonna go to Tatooine to go meet with Java. There you go. I good job. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Good <laughs> job. Look at that. Wow. So yeah, that's where See, they're headed next. We'll, we'll ride on because that's what I was actually gonna ask you. Is who do you think they're going to to meet? But but yeah, I didn't is- know that. Like I didn't pick up on that. Like all they said was Tatooine for this like big um criminal guy but I, I had no idea they were referencing Jabba the Hutt and then that Raj had to tell me and that totally makes sense now so that's where it would be heading next there what did you think about Val Beckett's girlfriend Betty Newton's character yeah yeah she was great I'm also bummed that she was killed off so soon but I also really admire when movies take that chance and do kill off people so soon because I think it's when we least expect it and it's what people won't like and won't want to see. And so I like it when they do that. I think it takes kind of courage to do that. So I, I liked her and I wish she was a part of it longer. But I respect the fact that they took her out so early. And it was a pretty cool way that she died, too. It was. She sacrificed herself. Yeah. Well, my only minus with that is that she sacrificed herself ultimately for nothing. Yeah. That, you know, the the guys could have escaped from that train car and not finished trying to steal it but they steal it she sacrifices herself so they can actually get away with it and then they lose it anyway so it's she died for essentially nothing which is a bummer and she wasn't aware though that it wasn't going to work just yet i think she was still under the impression that they could have succeeded at doing that and she and beckett were aware that their lives were on the line practically and having to do this and so it's like she knew i have to die for this because we need to make this happen we don't get this thing then Beckett's gone. Yeah. So she sacrifices yeah, herself. Yeah, exactly right. right. And I can't So in her mind, it was definitely for huge purpose. Yeah, but the bummer overall is that we all know it didn't work out and it <laughs> yeah, was for nothing right. and that sucks. Exactly. And she was such a great Exactly. Character. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so the last big question for me would be, were you surprised by the reveal of Emphis Nest when she took her mask off, her helmet? Yeah, I definitely did not think that it was going to be that person like a young girl like a young girl and her also her face was just so young looking with like freckles and mm. like a slight like red tint to her hair and um so yeah i definitely wasn't expecting that so i think that shock value is pretty huge there i don't know it was okay 
But it was also kind of just like a tiny bit hard to believe that she was able to be so good at at like fighting and being such a leader. And she appears to be super young. So here she is like the leader and she's like, and when she was like fighting Beckett, you know, and doing all of that, it just, and then when she took off the the helmet, I was like, oh, wow, like, I had no idea. You know, you were even putting like her being a woman aside, just someone so young, I just wouldn't have expected well, someone so young. As a child, if we're going to take it that way, it's a rebellion and a child soldier. You got to learn quick. Think you got to totally. think about Nigeria. Think yeah, about you got to. Yeah, there's Africa. plenty of places out there where there's some kids that can do their thing. Mm-hmm. And, and the like, motivation oh. of having lost her mom. That's right. right. That yeah. So she's definitely fueled by this whole thing. So there's some Step motivation up. there. Yeah, you're correct. One last. And this is this is something that I thought would affect me personally. And I was pleasantly surprised that it didn't. But I wondered what your take was, is, you know, Woody Harrelson is, well, he's Woody Harrelson. And it's 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 hard to imagine him being somebody else. But my take on it was I was really pleased by how he portrayed the character Beckett and I wasn't sitting there the whole time thinking hey that's Woody from Cheers or you know hey natural born killers or anything like that I how did you feel about his performance yeah I loved him I think he did a great great job and I feel the same way like I saw him as Beckett right away I mean so I was really sad to see him go. I was too. Yeah. Because I I really like him as an actor. And so, and then I really liked him in this role. And I wish we could see more of him. So, yeah, he was definitely one of my favorites. So, I'm glad that he's Well, I mean, you I'm need to write, write HBO and say we need a true detective. Oh, gosh. A newer one after series. this next one that's coming out with both of the originals back at it. That's, to my opinion, that's Woody Harrelson's best performance ever. True he's, detective? Yes. Absolutely. And he was such like a little mentor for Han, you know, so it's kind of sad to see that he won't be around anymore because they had, they were a great little trio. That That's how Eric going. is to me. Oh, he's told me yeah. I don't trust anybody, including you. <laughs> Similar age difference too. Um, the, <laughs> I did think it was really, Hey, that was a joke on me. I know. You know. I, know. I, no, I, no, no. I did think it was, it was cool that even though Han had to take him down, he still felt bad. Like he didn't want to do it. And it was mm-hmm. almost like you're seeing these people like Becca that they're, they feel like they're stuck in a life they can't get out of. And like, I got to thinking about how his role is. He, he, he's feels like, okay, I'm a gangster. And I, well, he tells Han, if you get into this, you're in it for good. Yeah. And then, uh, Kira tells Han something similar. This isn't a game that you win. Mm-hmm. It's you just try to stay in it as long as you can. So it, it was almost like Beckett felt like, here's what I need to do, even though I don't want to do it. And Han, I love that whenever he ran over to him after he shot him, yeah. that Beckett says, that was a smart move because I was going to kill you. I, I thought that was really well done. It was. And the fact, the fact that they both still were struggling with it. But that made me think, because after I went and saw it uh, this past weekend again, that, you know, maybe that was Kira's real motivation was that you're in this life for good and she doesn't want Han to be. That oh, yeah. she actually made this sacrifice, not just because she wants power for herself, but because she's trying to keep him from being further involved. Oh, definitely. Yeah, there's definitely that 50-50 of she sees the power. She she takes it, but she also doesn't want Han in there. And we talked about this before we came on again, that if she was full on about herself, she wouldn't have looked out the window. Mm-mm. She wouldn't have looked so distressed. Yeah, it was a hard flying, decision for her. Flying. It was very hard for her. 
But she took it because she knew that she's going to be in this life and she might as well be the guy. Like I think Les said this before we went on, finally be the person making the decisions and having the final call and people that are going to be scared of her now. Definitely. You know, well, and so. I think because of her background, she's always had to be such a survivor. And so this was something I think that was just going to be more likely for her and her development was just like she came from that awful place. And then she ended up having to be under that guy that was really awful to her. And so this is something that was just a world that she was more suited for. And I think she made that really clear when she told Han, like, you're one of the good guys. And so I think she was clearly saying, like, I'm not one of them. If you notice, she said it multiple times, you don't know what I've done. Mm -hmm. And even Dryden said that to Han while they're in the last scene. She said, you don't know the things that she's done Mm -hmm. and she's capable of. So she's done some shit. And so she can't go back. Yeah. Han still can't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, uh, they got separated and they went on two different paths. Yeah. As as much as Han is a freewheeling in it for himself, the guy that we know, you know, I only do what I have to do for me. He went to the military. That There's still a structure there that you have to follow no matter what. You still have to follow a chain of command. Even if he didn't get his wish of being a pilot, he was boots on the ground taking, you know, firing and getting grenades thrown at him. He still had to follow that where she went directly. But he didn't. He was really bad at following. Yeah, but he still had to maintain that structure because if you don't, you get thrown in jail in the military. It's as simple as that. Or they boot you out dishonorably, all that stuff. As far as Kira, though, she had she went to the underworld. Mm -hmm. She went even deeper than what she was already at. So they already had two different paths. They were already molded in that that three. Was it a three year span or five year span? Three years. Three years. Yeah. Yeah. So they were both molded in separate ways, anyway. So and not because she wanted to. You know, it's, no, it's exactly. for pure survival. Yes. And and that that has a lot to do with it. So you know, if you are put in a situation where it's like, all right, there's two of you, and you got to get out of this. One of you's got to come out of this room. You got to do what you have to do. Like, it's just one of those things. And so she's probably, like they said, you know, you don't know what she's capable of. And she's had to do plenty of things, mm-hmm. whether it's whether ranging. It's her, her decision or not. She's that done too. It. Yeah. It's yeah. like, look, you know, we want you to take this guy down. So you either got to seduce him yeah. or strong arm him one way or the other. You got to get it done, you know. And in that, that sense, being in the criminal world, it's like if you disappoint, your judgment is much harsher than being told you're busting from sergeant to private mm-hmm. yeah. in the military. You know, if you disappoint in the criminal world, the Yakuza guys lose a finger all the time. Yeah, right. Well, and you Han, know what I mean? Yeah, and Han learned that so quickly. The second that he left the military, he started realizing left and right like how serious this was. And I think he was just starting to learn that when he knew I have to shoot Beckett first. Right. Because if not, I will get shot. So that's when he's starting to realize, like, I get this and how this works. And then how hardened he must have felt when he saw Kira pass by. Like, oh, yeah. So, yeah. And like Dom said last week, how beautiful it was when when Chewie grabs his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, mm-hmm. I, I look for it the second time watching mm-hmm. it. And yeah, it's a great Which, which is what it's you always moment. need is at least that one ride or die. Yeah. Like that. I got your back no matter what kind of person. Right. So it's it's a true bond with Chewie and Han, whereas with him, Han and Lando, it's it's just that that uh, that thieves guild kind of thing. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like there's really like a, no like honor. Ocean's but, Eleven style. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you dog you, but I'll you know what I'll work with the guy. I can trust him when I have to trust him. Exactly. Wow, this was a nice this little discussion there. Yeah, yeah I L- Lorena. Really like one last one. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. One last thing. Uh, do you have a favorite scene? From the film. Oh, that's a good one. 
But I don't think we asked that with each other, did we? Oh, yeah, we did last week. Yeah, we did, yeah. Hmm, I, I think my favorite scene was um, when Han brought in that Quaxium in uh, with Kira. And what is that guy's name? That- First of all, I can't believe you remembered Quaxium. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but what is that villain's name? Dryden Boss. Dryden. Dryden Boss? Yes. Okay. So when, uh, yeah, so when Han brought in the Quaxium into Dryden Boss and Kira... And how that all went down and kind of like it was because it was so surprising. You're thinking like, oh, it does. Is that the real Quaxium? Is it not? Oh, is he going to catch him on it? Not being real. Oh, but it is real. And no, no. Now Beckett's here. And it's just like it was so many things going on. And then ultimately you knew that she wasn't going to meet him, that she, you know, that she was going to at least I figured that out pretty quickly. And so, yeah, that whole scene had so many layers to it and so many emotional ups and downs and surprises. And so, yeah, that I thought was really awesome. That's cool. Definitely my favorite. That's really cool. Yeah. Right on. Right on. This was my favorite Star Wars movie. Wow. That is very nice. cool. I, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, I really, really liked it. Or else I definitely wouldn't have seen it twice. Like, I did go for the second time you for the popcorn. You didn't see Last Jedi twice. No, and I wouldn't. But yeah, this one was really cool because we're all learning stuff together. It's It feels like it's at the beginning for a lot of things that no one really knew. And it had that kind of... um Yeah, it was like the friendship aspect and the love aspect. And it was awesome. Great. I loved it. Well, thanks for coming on. You're welcome. And that has been Minutes with the Misses. Thanks, guys. Solo edition. Your popcorn's at the door. Yes. Popcorn gate has been shut. <laughs> Don't fuck with my popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's a t-shirt right there. Don't fuck that's with my true. popcorn. Less. That's true. All right. Say bye, Lorena. Okay. Bye, Lorena. All right. So that was great. We had a great time with Lorena. I'm so, so proud of her for knowing all the stuff she she said coaxium, for God's sakes. I know. That was awesome. Uh, anything else on the Star Wars front there, Mr. Struthers? Well, the only the only other thing is that uh, Celebration tickets went on sale. The yes. five-day pass is the way to go, peoples. I'm just telling you. Ha- having said all of this about the negativity surrounding all this and that, one super bummer that I'm seeing is that they announced that the five-day passes are 90% sold out. And instantly, it's a huge crap storm about how they're just bilking the fans and they're just saying this to blah, 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 blah. blah. It's just nothing but just more negativity and how they're doing it to screw people over and because, of course, they (laughs) are. So don't read the comments. If you're wanting to get a five-day pass, hurry up and do it. That's all I got to say. Yeah, and if you want to see... A complete. If you want to go to something that's completely positive and and you get a, get great vibes from, definitely go to celebration. You won't have to deal with any of that bullshit. Everybody's there for a common reason, and that's Star Wars and to have fun and celebrate it. And it's it, it definitely is what the name is. It's a fucking celebration. It really is, and it's going to be a good time this year. And if you really want the fucking five day pass, go fucking buy it before it sells up. Yeah, and and I can't stress this enough. We're way far away from celebration, but it it's it's a good thing to just go ahead and put out there right now. If you see me at celebration and you're like, "Hey, there's Eric Struthers. Come and say hi. I'm a nobody. You're not gonna bother me. I am literally nobody. I don't want to hear later on. Well, I saw you, but I didn't want to bother you, so I didn't come and say hi. I'm a nobody douchebag. I go to those places to meet cool people, and if you're there, you're a cool person. So come and say hi to me, for God's sake. And you'll never know. You might end up being a podcast with the other guy with an email. That's true. You <laughs> just never know. You just never know. 
All right, let's get into some random schmeals. And there's a lot of random schmeals that we're going to talk about this week. Um, just real quick, I just want to tell people that Les and I and Lorena, we binge watched Atlanta season two. And let me tell you, I've said this before, what an ingenious television show. Donald Glover, you're the man. He writes, he directs, he's, he does everything. The show takes on complex issues, puts it out there in a way where you laugh about it. Love the show. I know, Les, you loved it. Amazing. Just, yeah, amazing. Man, a few words, Les. If you get a chance, definitely watch Atlanta Season 2. We also had a Bumblebee preview, and I thought this was important. We're not going to play the trailer because it's very, very visual. But to all of the old school Transformer fans that have been bitching and complaining about having Starscream and Bumblebee look like the old 80s style, you got your wish. Because it is a ringer for the old school style mm-hmm. of the Transformers. And it looks pretty cool. And it looks like it's completely opposite of the Michael Bay style. And they're going more towards a storyline and kind of like a companionship with the female lead that's in it. I am kind of excited about this one a little bit because it looks like it's going to be completely different. Like how we were excited for the very first movie? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Was there any slow-mo in the trailer? I can't remember. I don't. That's a great question. That's a great question. I got to go back and see it. I don't think it's a Bay former movie. It's not. So we're not getting all that. Uh, I don't think it is either. We and might get a in tad 80s, bit of I said in late 70s, early 80s, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. I think it's the 80s. As a huge Transformers guy, Less old school Transformers guy. What did you think about it? Well, as one of those dudes that was definitely screaming for the Beatle version of Bumblebee, that that right there is all I need. And Starscream was one of my favorite. Soundwave was my favorite Decepticon, but Starscream was one of my other was my second favorite. So to get get that is, yeah, we we'll be happy with it. Yeah, I think this is going to be a totally different style of film than what we've come accustomed to, which the last couple have been pretty bad. Even though they've been look, they're visually unbelievable. Can, can we go back to Atlanta real quick, though? Uh, you, yeah, you're the one that said two words. <laughs> Sorry about that. I was uh, yeah. collecting his thoughts. No, but um, <laughs> actually, Atlanta has to be one of the realest shows out there. Uh, to binge watch and finally see the whole thing, to see... The last two episodes definitely brought home a very real thing. Two real, real issues. Uh, I don't know if I'm spoiling it for people. Uh, well, I just don't give out major plot points. You can just talk about the issues. Um, yeah, so teen suicide is definitely one. And they touched on a very, very... I mean, we have uh, platforms like 13 Reasons Why and... You know, when we were younger, and I'll say as far as uh, Struthers or Roger myself, because I think we're all in the same great age bracket of awesome people, mm-hmm. um, we had that after school special. You know, like once a week, it was the ABC after school special. And they always tackled something, teen pregnancy, bullying, uh, drunk driving, death, all that other stuff. But this, at one of the episodes, the uh, second to last episode, it tackled in a way, in a roundabout way, but it finally, it had, it drove home a real point of teen suicide. And, you know, there's just that little thing that'll put someone over the top. Yeah. And and it doesn't matter how, very powerful. 
harmless it comes it it may be from that group of people or from someone you know which is another reason why we're having these discussions tonight because you never know what all these criticisms and the constant bombardment and just pushing buttons and point. laying it on as thick as possible on people you never know what's happening to them and what the end result could be and sometimes you you just and maybe you're that far distant. Maybe you're so distant from it where you don't feel that, oh, well, that shit wasn't my fault. You know, that wasn't me. But the surrealism and the other things that come out of that show and what you get, the, the, the moments to throw you off and Darius and his, you know, aloofness and Tracy and him just being as hood as possible and just, just grimy. All those things that happen in the show, they're still a reality to it. There's still a reason. There's still a mission. There's still a, a, a message coming out of it. Yeah. Eric, did you get to uh, see the Bumblebee preview at all? No, man, I didn't. Okay. I, I have a feeling you're going to like it. Boo, you, you being a fan of Transformers, but the Transformers, the movies, more so the cartoons from the old school, what did you think about this preview? It didn't excite me that much. I, it, that's, what I, that's why I asked, because I figured it wouldn't. Yeah, it didn't excite me that much. Yeah, what is it? Visually, it's amazing. You know, seeing, yeah, what is it? I think it goes with like the, uh, just seeing dinosaurs on screen, seeing, you know, cars transform into giant robots will never, ever, get ever old, get old. old. It's just not possible. It's just an absolute that just <laughs> cannot be changed. Right. Um, it looks interesting. It looks interesting, but I'm not that excited yet. Okay. I think I need like another trailer and you know some more stuff, but I it, could totally see. Yeah, it's it's that. not a no, but I'm just not that yeah, pumped for it. I yet. could totally see that. Yeah. yeah. By the way, we're gonna talk about Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic, Jurassic Park Five, Jurassic World Two, uh, in a second. <laughs> but before that, Tom Cruise dropped a Twitter pic of the first day of shooting for Top Gun Two Maverick. Mm-hmm. So that is up in uh, up up and away. They are definitely doing it. So get ready for some screenshots of that coming up in the next months. Some requests for flybys? Requests for flybys. That's right. That's funny. He's got the need for speed is what I heard. Perhaps. No, he has the need to hurt himself. I watched the thing on him about Mission Impossible, the next one. Not just him breaking his whole body. Yeah. The skydiving scenes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He must have done it like seven times that day mm-hmm. to get the right shot mm-hmm. he really skydives and with this mask and like the whole spiel it's yeah. crazy the yeah. shit that he does <laughs> yeah he's on a crazy mission to hurt himself uh, an impossible one I heard a very oh. impossible mission oh. yeah oh. I do should love that choose, franchise should though. you oh, choose to take it I do really like that franchise Eric do you like that <laughs> franchise I take it I do man I, I really think it's like cool it. yeah I do too the, the action's always good the stories are pretty intriguing and as much as I'm not a fan of Tom Cruise as like his, his well, his public persona is the, yeah. the word I was going to use. But yeah. yes, yes, <laughs> uh, he the dude makes some great action movies, man. And he he's into doing his own his own stunts to an extent. And I kudos to him. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's good. It makes for for great watching. I've really dug all of the Mission Impossible movies up to this point. So me too. And Bad Robot, it's behind this, I believe. Mm-hmm. Still, so what I really like about them is when they bring in that uh, what is it, actor B, 
They you won. know what I mean? Like, so when they had, when Jeremy Renner came in. Oh, yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, hell yeah. yeah okay, dude. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And now Henry Cavill, and you're like, oh, oh dude. Yeah. You know, seeing that trailer and yeah. the Henry little Cavill. fight scene in the bathroom. Oh, I was my like, God. There's, cool. what? Yeah. What? There's <laughs> just something about, you know, like Tom Cruise, you know, he's a badass, but there's finesse and there's, what is it? Um, was it a uh, practice to what he does? But seeing Henry Cavill just look like a just a bruiser, a straight brute, yeah, where he is just like an old school bruiser. Oh my god! Yeah, what is where uh, where he just looks like he's he just threw his two fists out like yeah <laughs> yeah like he's like reloading or something or yeah and you're just like holy shit! What he's gonna do is just pound the living shit out of you. Can you imagine that you're about to fight someone in the oh, bathroom? Oh, but he just fucking just does that shit. I'm like, oh fuck it, like it's over, dude. That's not good. Yeah, no, he yeah good. he does something for two seconds, and I'm like, oh my god, that's fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's just something about just a big dude where he's just gonna fuck you up any way that he wishes. Oh my god, that's any just way that he wishes. Well, I, yeah, yeah, uh, well, uh, not 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 that far. You hope not that far, please. <laughs> which you're in a bathroom. I hope not. No. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, leads me to other. Uh, I guess the action espionage, like the Bourne movies. Yeah, I still want. Jeremy Renner's uh, character to cross roads with Jason Bourne. The That'd be the Bourne redundancy. Doesn't matter if they're <laughs> both in there, dude. If Alex is there and Jason uh, Bourne are there, Dorn, Bourne doing her thing. Oh, no, I, I think that's going to happen. That would be, oh yeah. Well, let's jump into the other franchise that we just talked about for just a split second. Jurassic World Two is coming out, coming out in the next week. Oh no, on the twenty second of June, but the reviews are already in. Huh. And let me tell you, I'm a little bit surprised because from the preview that shows you pretty much the entire movie, huh. I was not excited about this because I was like, oh, shit, they're rehashing everything they've done in the other ones. It's dinosaurs. Come on. It's dinosaurs. The Cinema Blend's Mike Reyes was able to see the film, and this is what he said. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is a high-class summer blockbuster with some unexpected emotions, a heap of the action that one would expect from such a film and a dash of surprisingly dark moments that folks have been waiting for since Michael Crichton's book first hit the shelves. This movie needs to be enjoyed in a setting that is a big and as loud as you can get, simply because it deserves to loom larger than life over its audience. Wow. So very good one right there. The Hollywood Reporter talks about how the new director, it's not Colin Trevorrow. Mm -hmm. Colin Trevorrow's got a writing credit on this, but the director is J.A. Boyana who also did The Impossible, The Orphanage, and A Monster Calls. So mm-hmm. he's got the, – The Impossible was about the tsunami. Mm-hmm. But I believe The Orphanage was a horror film, if I'm not mistaken. And The Hollywood Reporter says, Boyana not only nods to the histories of classic monster movies and the legacy of the original Jurassic Helmer, Steven Spielberg, he brings his own experience to bear treating monsters like an actual character and trapping us in a vast mansion that's as full of secrets as the site of his breakthrough 2007 film, The Orphanage. Audiences put off by some dumb characterizations in the last film have much less to complain about here, while those requiring only some spectacular predators and exciting chase scenes should greet this outing as warmly as its predecessor. Wow. Yeah. Huh. So the first couple of them have been saying how well it's been directed and how it's going to be different than you think. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be kind of creepy, which I'm pretty excited for. That's really cool. You get, or we're going to go see this on the day before, like every other Jurassic Park we've watched. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. 
Dude, I want to see the movie, man. I let me think about this for a second. I didn't see Jurassic World, but my <laughs> my kids are so into dinosaurs that I think it's funny that I can go watch something that would scare the shit out of them <laughs> and be the thing. I mean, not with them. That sounds mean. What I mean is, is yeah, that I could go that. and get this <laughs> perverse sense of enjoyment of of watching this. But but also, I just I think that Chris Pratt's super cool and him being in it alone would make me want to go see it yeah i i did too and i also think that this director guy boy bayona bayona a couple of these reviews that i read keep talking about the spooky mansion movie okay because the orphanage if i'm not mistaken uh i think guillermo del toro either produced that or wrote it but um yeah that's a very very creepy very creepy movie so if he if this guy's the director and he comes from that school, like that's that's a big deal. Yeah, that's I some, keep reading full pedigree. of creepy shadows, full of yeah. creepiness. So very excited about the Jurassic World all of a sudden. So maybe maybe the <laughs> trailer that showed us all that we thought it was going to be was really trying to throw us off a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of nice to be uh, misled sometimes. Yes. Now let's dive into some comic book news, comic book movie news, and TV news. We have a spawn. So creator Todd McFarlane will make his directorial debut on the Spawn feature. They're actually going to redo Spawn, and they have picked an actor to play Spawn, and that is going to be Jamie Foxx. The Hollywood Reporter has confirmed it. Now, Spawn came out a couple, about a decade ago, or two decades ago? A couple of decades. Yeah, couple of and the movie didn't yeah. do very well. Uh, but there has been a cult following with... The character. I mean, the character is huge. They pretty much made Todd McFarlane. Animated HBO series was like my my jam for Spawn. Like, okay, and I did. I enjoyed the movie. It was cheesy and cornball, but I liked it. The idea was Satan needed a soldier to lead his armies in the battle against God and his armies, and the ultimate soldier was Al Simmons, who was like brought down whole countries by himself, murdered with at with just an abandoned. Yeah, he made a deal just to be able to see his wife and daughter. Mm-hmm. And, he made a deal with the devil. Yeah, so he made a deal. I'll, I'll lead your armies. Just let me see my wife and daughter. And then, you know, discovers his powers and all that stuff and then turns against the devil. Cool. Are you happy that Jamie Foxx is set to, to play this guy? I think it'd be cool. I think it's okay to have Jamie Foxx get his hat into the superhero game. I would think this is all coming on the heels of Black Panther. But you know what? The more, the better. I, I'm, I'm, happy, I'm happy for it. Great. Jamie Foxx, just don't do what you did with Electro. He'll be fine. Yeah, no, he'll be all right. He'll be all right. All right. Let's go to the (gasps) Spider-Verse. Now, there we've talked about this movie before, but there is a great movie on the horizon called Into the Spider-Verse, and the animation looks amazing. It's everything that I want Star Wars animation to be and isn't. And there is a new trailer that pretty much gives a deeper dive into the Spider-Verse. So we're going to play that trailer. And then we have a voicemail from King Tom that um, asks us some questions about it. So here is Into the Spider-Verse. Miles, yeah. gotta go. If you want me to drive you, we gotta go now. No, I'll walk. Personal chauffeur going once. It's okay. Seriously, Dad, walking would have been fine. 
Breaking news, Spider-Man saves the day again. Spider-Man. This guy swings in, wants the day, zip zaps off Nancy's nose. Accountability. Speed up, speed up. You I know, know these kids. Miles, man, you get arrested? Gosh, don't cops run red lights? Well, yeah, some do. But, uh, not your dad. In your universe, there's only one Spider-Man. But there is another universe. It looks and sounds like yours, but it's not. My name's Miles Morales. Hey, kid. You're like me. How? I knew my day would come around this time. I know it's complicated. You want to know what happened to you? I can teach you to be Spider-Man. Mm, I love this burger. So delicious. Mm, one of the best burgers I've ever had. You have money, right? I'm not very liquid right now. I think you're going to be a bad teacher. How am I supposed to save the whole world? You can't think about saving the world. You have to think about saving one person. One thing I know for sure, don't do it like me. Do it like you. Brooklyn! I see the spark in you. It's amazing. Hands up! Whatever you choose to do with it, you'll be great. I love you, Miles. Yeah, I know, Dad. You gotta say I love you back. Dad, are you serious? I wanna hear it. You wanna hear me say it? I love you, Dad. You're dropping me off out of school? I love you, Dad. Look at this place. Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. That's a copy. Time to swing, just like I taught you. When did you teach me that? I didn't. It's a little joke for team building. Hey, guys. Okay, who are you? I'm Gwen Stacy. Come on. How many more spider people are there? Save us at Comic-Con. What's Comic-Con? Let's go! <laughs> All right. So, if you, yeah. Guys, if you haven't seen this, it is super cool. Maybe what they should have done is Sony should have done this as a live-action film while the other Spider-Man is with the Avengers and maybe have their cake and eat it too. And maybe when he's done with the Avengers and Marvel, maybe they can team up and become, you know, this kind of, you know, universe, the Spider-Verse, as they say it. So if you haven't seen the trailer, it seems like Peter Parker is going to be mentoring Miles Morales. Animation, super cool. Very excited about this. this is going to be out in movie theaters. And I think like if this comes out in IMAX or IMAX 3D, it's going to be beautiful. Yep, and I'm going to be sitting right there. I don't care how creepy it looks with little kids all around me. I'm still going to be right there watching. Yeah, and this I think movie. you're going to have a lot of adults. Not just going to be little that kids too. for this one. It's all good, though. Yeah, and I know Boo's going to be in it because he's a big Spider-Man guy. Um, I'm going to miss this one. Oh, Boo, you can't miss this one. This is going to be great. I'll probably watch it later at home. But oh my! I'm not going to be in the movie theater now. There's two things that's going to happen. Mm. I'm not even going to say what's going to happen because Boo doesn't know. The fuck? Brittany doesn't know either. Oh. Then who the fuck knows? But I'm not going to say it here because I don't want you to know what I am going to tell Brittany to make you do something that oh, you don't he's, want to do. There's some conversions along. There's conversions. Coming there's some happen. conversions coming. So Brittany, hit me up. Hit me up. Yeah, hit me yeah, up yeah, with yeah, a text because yeah, yeah. I got. I need to talk to you about something. But we the got, fuck is yeah. this? <laughs> What's happening? Don't worry. Don't yeah, worry. Nothing's happening. You, uh, so <laughs> we got to definitely get Boo to go watch this with us. We'll go watch an opening night. IMAX 3D, and he's going to love it. I guarantee Wow. All that, huh? Eric, did you get a chance to actually see the visuals on this thing? 
Oh yeah, dude. The animation style is incredible. And I do think, you know, the animation is the way to go for this as opposed to live action. I I understand the the notion of what you're saying, but for the general movie going public, it would be too confusing. The fact that you're able to having it be animation and style that it is instantly like indicates fantasy to people. It indicates something else. And they're they're able to keep up on it. And quite frankly, it makes it the whole idea of it more palatable. You kind of like saying like uh, bringing Darth Maul back in animation, kind of like that. Um, people thought not ex- people thought instantly it was fantasy. Hey, hey that's not my Star Wars, bro. That, okay, now oh, listen. If you if you want me to tell you what I think, and then you're just gonna do this to me, you forget it. Forget it, man. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. I, I, I was trying to give you legitimate commentary on this. And you did. You absolutely, you actually did. And you, it made completely sense when you said it. So I, now I have changed. I agree with you. I, oh. I, I, I serious. <laughs> no, he's right. Because it would be too confusing. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it, it would you, be you, too confusing for the general audience. Not like us nerds. Yeah, no, no, no. The that, that, that was like, just, Wait a minute. Yeah, and that you was know, just us like this? excited and yapping and going, oh, Sony should have done this. And, yeah, we're over here armchair quarterbacking as usual, but even though in Homecoming, Donald Glover was Miles Morales' uncle. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and if you look at the credits, there's a scene where they bring up Miles Morales' Spider-Man. Yes, in the credit scene, it's animated, but it's his mask. Yeah, maybe they're planning, obviously, doing something on that side of things. The but, next, by the way, the next Spider-Man movie is called Spider-Man Field Trip, I believe. They're in pre-production. So, so Eric, did you like the animation? Yeah, he loved the animation set, of course. Yeah, I think it's super cool. I think the style's cool. It's just enough fluidity to mimic real life while still not trying to basically be a rendering of, oh, it's so close to being film. It's practically film. You know, mm. it's it's just the right balance. And it's got this like shiny look to it, which I love. It's kind of uh, like has a, a luster to have it. Have you guys seen the movie posters? I have not. Oh, yeah, I have not. They're amazing, dude. Yeah, good. I hope it does very well. I hope it does. Now, you've heard what we think about this thing. Let's hear what King Tom has to say about this Spider-Man, Spider-Verse trailer. Hey there, Sith Heads. It's King Tom. I was very pleasantly surprised this morning to see a new trailer for in Into the Spider-Verse. What they're calling it? Not all of a sudden, that's what I'm calling about. Um, but, you know, the trailer, it looked great. And it's not a Star Wars movie in December, but... I'm still very happy it's coming out this December. I think it's going to be fun. I think I'm going to be able to take my kids to see it. And, you know, I didn't know that they were doing this. I haven't really heard much about it until we saw the first trailer a few months ago. And I think it's a great idea because they have so many spider characters. Marvel does. You know, you got Peter Parker, you got Miles Morales, you got Spider-Gwen, Spider-Woman, Spider-Girl. There's the British Spider-Man, the noir Spider-Man, the 1920s Spider-Man. You have everyone. And I think that if you were to want, try and tell that uh, story or those stories live action, it would take decades to squeeze them all in. While animation, you could do, you could have multiple characters like this and have it make sense. At least that's what I think. So, do you guys know, or do you guys think, is this going to be if it if it does well? Are they going to do more? Are they setting up a? Spider-Man animated universe. You know, I know DC, they have a pretty good animated um, lineup of their own. Is, is Marvel slash Sony trying to do something like that? Because I think I think it would be a great idea. And Spider-Man, 
would be the right character to do it with, even maybe more so than the X-Men. Anyway, that, oh, one other question. Now, we know we're going to see Miles. We know we're going to see Peter Parker. We know we're going to see uh, Spider-Gwen. But what do you think the chances are that we see Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham? Anyway, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you, King Tom. You're the man. Once again, I hope you're feeling better. I heard you had the bronchitis. First of all, he backed up Eric completely with uh, going in the direction of keeping it in animated. Animation. Which would work because King Tom did lay it out even more. To go along the lines with your confusing point, uh, Eric. Your point wasn't confusing, but you know what I mean. Uh, Yes. Ultimately, yeah, it would be a little, it, it would take forever, you're right, to introduce in a live action film to introduce all the different spider beings out there for sure. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think that would still be cool to get the Peter Porker in there for sure. J- just to add to like that cool, uh, just, just to take it into that, that level where it's animated and you can do whatever you want. So with with animation, you have much more, a lot more freedom than a live action film. So, yeah, to be able to put the Spider Ham in there, that <laughs> I'm just I've, looking at the image. I would rather have uh, the Spider Pig from the Simpsons movie. Spider Pig, Spider Pig. <laughs> Thank you. With with Homer Simpson, yes, yeah, holding the him. pig up, yes. Well, Peter Porker, it's legitimately a, a, a pig. A pig, I know, <laughs> I know, but I'd rather have the Homer, you know, the Homer Simpson Simpsons one. Yeah. No, there's actually even a little a real spider, like uh-huh. a legit spider running around. That's yeah. Uh, oh, and oh, Spider Man Noir is going to be in it, which uh, I think is the coolest version of Spider Man Noir is going to be in this. Yes, he has to. It's part of the Spider Verse. Wow. So that's uh for those people who Ooh, really do know and don't too. know, it's basically Spider Man in a trench coat. And he's basically nineteen thirties gumshoe Spider Man. He's Humphrey Bogart Spider Man. Yeah, basically he's a Maltese Falcon just going around doing his Casablanca thing. It's Maltese pretty cool. Maltese Falcon. Wow. Yeah, man. So the African Queen. Not so much trench coats, but that's okay. I just want to throw Bogart, Bogart out there. in there. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you shitting on my Bogart reference? Stop bogarting it, please. Okay. Oh, <laughs> nice. I caught my. I had. I. I. Wow, that was a good one. Dude. Thank you. <laughs> Were you stunned that I made a good <laughs> I joke? I was like, <laughs> "You dick! What does that fucking mean?" <laughs> wow, you did a <laughs> no, good job. I, I was, I'm surprised. That was, that the was fuck good. Is that? that was good. It was that damn good. <laughs> He's like, "Oh my god!" Eric started laughing. I was joke? like, <laughs> "I know, yeah." It just froze me, man. It was like getting a throat punch. <laughs> You know, you hit someone the in the and they like... Well, like thank you, King Tom. We appreciate it. We're going to dive into something that's even more confusing, and that is the Hollywood Reporter has confirmed that Warner Brothers is in early stages of developing a Joker standalone film with Jared Leto. Leto would star and be the executive producer for the solo pick that is set in the Suicide Squad universe. So why this is going to be confusing is that there's another... Joker origin story film that's being developed at the same exact time that would potentially star Joaquin Felix, Phoenix, I'm sorry, directed by Todd Phillips. And that's going to be the Joker and a bunch of other villains. And then we heard about a Scorsese's film that's going to be the Joker. So I don't know what the fuck is going on, but the Jared Leto Joker is going to be set in the Suicide Squad universe. By the way, Suicide Squad made $750 million worldwide. Mm-hmm. Crazy. 
So what you what do you guys think about this? Boo, I'm going to throw it to you first. Jared Leto, standalone Joker film. First of all, I don't know how the fuck you do a standalone film. He is a psychotic, psychopathic murderer. How are you going to do a movie about him? This is my first question. What do you think about this? Um, so let me let me say first, I thought Jared Leto did a good job as the Joker. Okay. Uh, he gave me the heebie-jeebies. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he was like a different brand of of the Joker, where he did creep me the fuck out. Punk rock Joker. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I liked how he was more of a gangster than, than just a psychopathic person who's just nuts. I know he's nuts, but he's a gangster. I kind of mm-hmm. like that. Well, I, I think what they mean by a solo movie, he'll be the... Batman won't be in it, but other good guys will try and stop him. The, probably like the Suicide Squad. I think, well, he'll be the main bad guy in the Suicide Squad will stop him kind of thing. Uh, that's the only way I could see as a solo movie. Yeah, because there's, there's no other way to make a solo where he's he can't be the good guy because that's just impossible. So he has to be the main villain going up against people who necessarily don't want to fight him or really shouldn't, but they have to kind of thing. That's the only way I can see that working. And then going back to the other two movies that are up in the air, one of one or both of those are the Jared Leto one or whichever one. Two of them or one of them is going to get shelved. Yeah, I never going to exist. I, agree. I think they're waiting on Scorsese. Is what I think. I I see. See, that's the one that I think has the least chance of of uh, coming to fruition because of him. Exactly. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I agree. I think the Joaquin Phoenix one has a has a better chance because it already has a uh, Todd Phillips is the director or writer. Director. It would director. be directed by Tom Okay, Phillips, yes. Yeah. So, so they have a, a lead actor, not yet, but it looks like it's going to be, and a director. I think that one has the best chance. And then the other one just has Scorsese floating around. So I think that one will get squashed. The Joaquin Phoenix and Todd Phillips one, I think, has a chance. But I think this Jared Little one is going to happen because it pushes the uh, the universe that they've already have further. So. Okay. Uh, um, it looks interesting and yeah, I, I would like to see it. So it's, and plus I think the idea that they said in the Suicide Squad universe, I think that pushes that the Suicide Squad is going to be a part of it. I kind of slightly disagree with your, uh, take right there, Boo. I think what'll happen is he can be, it wouldn't be the Suicide Squad per se going against him, but Gotham City Police Department led mm. by. Hmm. Commissioner Gordon. Oh, that would be cool. so. You're saying pretty cool. much Gotham. So it would be GCPD because there's a, a comic storyline called GCPD, and it's basically tales of the Gotham City Police Department. And usually they end up taking on, you know, the things. All the cr- crimes have to start somewhere before it gets to Batman's attention. As much as he surveils and surveys everything and watches stuff, yeah. But you know, He's old- busy. Yeah, he's this, very and, busy. So, and, and this could be like ju- uh, Justice League time, where the where the right where Batman's, and, Batman's busy actually saving the world, and the yes. Joker's like, "Well, Gotham's mine now." And Joker does a couple of things that are that are just starting for his plan, and you know, Bullock sees it and is like, "Oh, what the hell's going on?" Next thing you know, Gordon's like, "Oh shit, we got we got to stop this," and it turns into something bigger. You see things though where I don't know how they're going to spin it to where. You are on the Joker's side. I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. That's I mean, how about this? When right when you said that, what I thought in my head was seven, dark, yes. dark, rainy, gritty, gritty, <laughs> dark and gritty, rainy, gray filtered type of camera work with Bullock and Gordon going after the Joker. Yeah, 
that there it is. So that that would be so okay. instead of because I can see that. You, you sure there's you on board on this for this thing. Honestly, man, I I like just don't even care. Thank you. <laughs> and I think Thank there's you. a majority of people out there that, that feel the same exact way. Right. Well, no, because they got so much more they have to get right. Yeah, Look, they're focusing on the wrong thing. That's the point. So as far as like we, we've been discussing the fandom and how toxic things are and people's sense of entitlement and, and issues that they have with things, Star Wars is not off the, as off the rails as DC. You know what I mean? The DC universe yeah. is completely off the rails. Except as for far, Wonder Woman. As, as far as the content and the creators and the people in charge, these are good people that, you know, have been put in charge of these things, but they are putting out things that, like you said, Suicide Squad made the $750 million, but that stuff is flown under the radar. I just, you know, it's horrible. It's still getting made, which is, you know, it speaks to itself, but ultimately, yeah, th- there's something that people should be a little bit more angry about. Or more, oh, they were. About. People were angry. Yes, people were definitely. Angry. So you remember Batman vs Superman? Uh, that's true. Remember the so anger? I mean, it's just the point. It, the problem is, is ah, man, I don't, I really don't know where I'm going with this. I think people should have the same energy. Is what I'm trying to say. If you're going to be angry at some of these things, you need to just try to be have that same energy across well, the board. Well, I think people are definitely angry at DC so much so that I think DC films already start off with a negative connotation. And that's why it's so amazing what Wonder Woman did is because it broke that barrier of, oh, this is going to be shit. Well, and and, and Suicide Squad to a point did too. For the first half hour. Yes. Yeah. You got, I mean, but it's still as far as like box office numbers goes. Which, yeah. Worldwide. It yeah. Had so. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. Jared Leto. Maybe. If they go in that direction of the GCPD, maybe. But yeah. I kind of, I completely agree with you, Struthers. I really don't care either. And that's coming from a crazy comic mm-hmm. book guy. No, I love Batman. I love the whole Batman universe. The, the His rogues gallery is awesome. His allies, everything like that. He's probably got the best rogues gallery, right? Uh, Definitely. Him and... Yeah, the Flash has the most interesting, but Batman has the best. Yeah, he's got... His villains are the best ones, for sure. All right. So there is your comic book news. And we have just one thing. I know that we've been getting emails and phone calls about The Walking Dead, and we've just been pushing it off and pushing it off and pushing it off. You know why we've been pushing it off? Because we have, we're not updated on fear. So we can't sit. And then, Fernando, I'm sorry. I know you're going to kill me. Please but don't we kill do us, have bro. some Walking Dead news, and we're a little late on it. But I want to get everybody's take on this real quick. And this is the last thing we're going to end with. Reports came out last week, I believe, that Andrew Lincoln will be leaving for this season, season nine, and he's only going to film about six episodes. And Collider reported this first, actually. It looks like Norman Reedus is staying on and Darryl, as Daryl Dixon, and he got a $20 million pay raise to stay on. So he's going to be the, the centerpiece of the show going forward. And it looks like Maggie, uh, I forgot her name. Lauren Cohan. Lauren Cohan, thank you. She's leaving as well. So the, there's drastic changes coming from The Walking Dead. The question I have is, are we going to watch if Rick and Maggie aren't there. I think that season 10 is going to be the last season of The Walking Dead. I think that's where it's going. So ratings have already been dropping. I don't think it can sustain without Andrew Lincoln at all. Like, I don't want to watch it. Well, the, the, the way that I'm looking at it is, although for different circumstances, different reasons, the Two and a Half Men show with Charlie Sheen leaving, 
Yeah, I, oh, where yeah, exactly. where they plugged in a different character in it, and I I don't know how many seasons it lasted. I think it was like two or three more with Ashton Kutcher. But eventually the show died. Yes. They said, yeah, this has got to stop. So I think I hope they don't do that where they try to prolong it and try to keep it going. I hope they see this as okay. This is the end. We gotta we gotta make this good. We gotta and end it correctly. But I hope they see this as the end. Like you said, the season ten is it. And just cap it off and be like, okay, we get it. We yeah, understand. They had a great run. Yeah, but we understand and, and not try to put the thing on life support, put the show on life support and try to, you know, pumping out money out of it. Just understand what you have, what you've done and be thankful and just cut it while it's good. Exactly. Do, do they move Daryl's character over to fear? Cause fear's well, not going anywhere. I don't, I, oh, yeah. Oh, I do not see fear staying and the walking dead leaving. No way, dude. No way. Well, and and fear has been on for four seasons already. Yeah, four seasons. I yeah, and and I think it's maybe got three more. Max. Well, I'll tell you what will happen if they decide season ten's the last season of Walking Dead. They'll bring everything together and they'll finish it off as one big finale at the last episode of season ten. They'll figure out a way of doing it. As I don't a see massive Christian. I don't though. see. I love Daryl's character. As as a character, I don't see him being the leader. Unless the only thing I can think of is if they have Jeffrey Dean Morgan stay on and take the lead as Negan flipped to some kind of decent human being. Because people do love his character and love him. That's the only thing I can see. Yeah, because Daryl doesn't have... He's, he's a great character, but he's not enough of a character to lead a show. So there you have it, Fernando. I apologize that we are not digging into fear. And also, we apologize that we haven't talked about Westworld. There's a lot of shit going on in fandom right now. We spent an, uh, about an hour and a half, two hours talking about how shitty some people are. But I think it needed to be said. We got it off our chest, at least. But we will definitely be talking about Westworld. We're definitely going to be talking about fear. And we're definitely going to be talking about other great television shows like Handmaid's Tale, which I'm finishing up season one in the near future. So please stick with us. I think that is it for this episode. Thank you for bearing with us in this crazy social conscious episode that we had today. I know it wasn't as fun as some of the other episodes, but uh, we appreciate you guys listening to us. Eric Struthers, where can people find you on the podcast landscape check me out on my other podcast the bad motivators every week we talk about star wars go figure right and also on the steel wars podcast feed with the strathers wars episodes where i interview a patreon supporter of steel wars about their favorite past moments yes and by the way the, all the steel Episodes are out. You can watch them on video and you can listen to them via podcast, especially the live event with our friend Haas Burkhart, which all these guys attended and I was not there. But if you haven't listened to it, if you weren't there, definitely check it out. It's pretty amazing. Hit us up, guys. Call us, leave us emails, leave us voicemails, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can with the next episode. All right, guys. Again, we really appreciate it. You might be thinking to yourself, is that Seal in the background from that horrible Batman movie that came out with George Clooney? Actually, I don't know if it's the one with George Clooney or Val Kilmer. It's one of the ones that wasn't very good. Yes, it is Seal. And you should know why we're playing it. 
All right, guys. We will catch you next week on episode number 97 of The List. you tell me is unhealthy, baby? Did you know that when it snows, my eyes become large and the light that you shine can't be seen? A man can tell me so much he can say You remain my power, my pleasure, my pain To me you're like a grown addiction that I can't deny Now won't you tell me is a healthy baby But did you know that when it snows My eyes become large and the light that you shine can't be seen the gloom